shot. He scores! And the Ballers win! Helena is no longer undefeated! I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Barons win! Barons win! Cody Jansen stopped 92 out of 95 shots, including a penalty shot in overtime. Somehow he still only wound up the third star of the game. You like that? Jansen has a heart. You're smoking crack! It's Tuesday, October 26th. Cody Jansen with you. World Hockey Report Live presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts, the official auto parts retailer of Hockey Canada and Team Canada. If you're heading to the rink, Lord Co. Auto Parts can ensure you've got everything you need for a smooth ride from bright white headlight replacement bulbs for increased visibility during early morning or late night commutes to battery maintainers. That'll ensure your vehicle starts when the temperature drops. Visit a Lord Co. Auto Parts location today for knowledgeable service quality parts and accessories. Visit lordco.com to find a store near you. It's Cody Jansen coming to you live from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios in beautiful Alberta. Follow me on Twitter at Janner31 underscore and the show at World Hockey. RPT. We're going to hit off on a couple of quick news notes here. That's a couple of screenshots on my phone. We should probably talk about those as well. We'll talk wings in a little bit with Ryan Hanna from the Wing Wheeled Podcast. Go check him out. The absolute best in Detroit Red Wings content. And then Erm at 1240. Yes, we'll talk with Adam Erwin Trout. We'll snap it around the league. Talk about Ingram's first win. Big showing for Imperial Saskatchewan's Connor Ingram. And a huge story. Just a great feel-good story as well for a guy who nine months ago stepped away and said, hey, I got to get help. I, I mean, there's no words how happy we are from that guy. Friend of the show, Connor Ingram, you love to see it. The Oilers, big weekend in Vegas. Kids had some fun there as well after picking up a few more wins. They're buzzing, but just a note on that. No Mike Smith. We'll see if he ends up skating today. Uh, looks like it'll be Koskinen and Skinner again, likely Wednesday, tomorrow, I guess, against Philly. Uh, Mike Smith, I guess he did have a short skate. That's per Dave Tippett. A couple other news notes I did want to hit on, and this is just the start of the season for Sergei Bobrovsky. I mean, Adam tweeted this out the other day, and two goalies that really aren't done is Sergei Bobrovsky. He's got a 942 save percentage in four games, and Braden Holpe, who's got a 950 in four. Is it the year where the goalies are back? Is there something going on where goalies are back? Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Good to see, though, for Bobrovsky. Good to see Spencer Knight stepping up there as well. One other note, uh, Anaheim Ducks, they've placed forward Anton Volkov on unconditional waivers. They're going to terminate his contract, probably going to the KHL. Also, if you're a Players' Tribune fan, go check out that Colin Wilson article. That one cuts deep. It's raw, it's emotional, and it really talks about the dangers of you know getting hooked on drugs. We hear it so much. So to hear Colin Wilson step up, do that article, and really open up about his battle with addictions, that's huge. Go check that one out, Colin Wilson. Our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, the Miramichi Timberwolves junior team involved in an accident there. Thankfully, uh, none dead from the team. There was a fatality, the driver that was involved in the accident on the other side of things. So, uh, you know, I just start thoughts and prayers goes out to them. That's, that's a tough thing to be involved, tough thing mentally to get over. So we help they're able to find the help that they uh, need, can get all that support from the MHL and Hockey Canada. Also, the, uh, the NHL, the NHLPA, they agreed on a long-term exclusive trading card license extension with Upper Deck Sports. 
Per Chris Johnson, the deal includes a component for licensed NFTs. I'm still not even sure what NFTs are. If you know what NFTs are, just let us know. Because I got no clue what they are. It's so bogging. Like people are like paying for gifts, kind of. Doesn't make sense. We asked a couple of questions and then go hit us up on Twitter at we'll talk ERPT. Take us in anything. Use hashtag WHR. I'm there at Janner31 underscore. But we asked, okay, okay, who's the most disappointing the team this season? Captain Detroit hops in, says Chicago and Toronto at the top of the list, and it's beautiful. Peace, Love, and Hockey says the Blackhawks. Cinderella says Vegas. I don't disagree with that. And I want to get into that with Adam as well, because we talked about this team before the season, how they drastically got worse. Now you have a couple of injuries, and they just look like they forgot how to play hockey. Vegas stinks this year. They are terrible. And yes, they are one of the most disappointing. Maybe not as bad as the Blackhawks, but we can't just ignore the fact that Vegas has been underwhelmingly bad. Like, no one was predicting Chicago to go on a cup run this year. Not 0-6, but come on. I mean, they should be 500 at this point. Matt Nafe, oh, our boy Nafer hops in and says the Leafs. And I did ask, you know what, players as well. He said Austin Matthews. He's coming off wrist surgery. The Leafs have sucked. I think Sheldon Keefe's time's coming to an end. I don't want to speak too early, but I do think his time is uh, coming to an end quite soon. Uh, Dalen Supernault hops in on Twitter and says, Chicago and Toronto in the toilet ball. Jordan Cardinal says, Toronto is doo-doo. Hard to disagree. Goon Gear goes with go Hams go. Well, they picked up a big win over the Tyler Bertuzzi list. Red Wings. Was uh, drawing a blank there. Make sure I had the right Bertuzzi. Yeah, I mean, the Habs have been disappointing, but again, you don't have Shea Weber. You don't have Joel Edmondson. You don't have Carey Price. They lost Tatar. There, there, there's so many you don't have to know. There, there's so many guys that they ended up turning over that for Montreal, you kind of got to expect that things were going to get worse now before they get better. And I'm not saying you have to sell the farm, but if you want a quick turnaround, that's probably what you have to do. Cole Caulfield hasn't been the same. There's still a ways away from getting back to another Stanley Cup. You can't just go back-to-back every year. Look at Dallas. They missed the playoffs, right? Not an easy league to win in. Uh, Big Perm says Pittsburgh. They just won't go away. What? I said the most disappointing. Maybe maybe you got that one wrong, Big Perm, but uh, Pittsburgh hasn't been that disappointing. They just hammered the Leafs. Uh, One goal says Blackhawks, and it's not close. I, I wouldn't say it's not close, but I think it's a pretty obvious one to go with Chicago. Boston Tom says, feel like you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who hasn't found the Blue Hawks start the season to be disappointing. Columbus may be looking at a top-five pick after the Seth Jones trade. That's true. There's some big implications there. Uh, the Ramey rundown says the Blackhawks. Fire Colleton. And uh, retired Marine Corp says, Capper's off. No goals in five games. Well, hey, I'm going to be talking on a Minnesota podcast here later today. Wild takes. We'll get hooked up. That Maybe we'll uh, throw in a couple of Capper's off chirps for you guys. We also asked two questions. Who's the best in the East? Who's the best in the West? Let's start with the West. On Twitter, of course, at Talky RPT. We'll get through your thoughts as much as possible. Cinderella chimes in, says Edmonton. But can they hold it? Remains to be seen. Jake says the Edmonton McDavid's, I mean, not, not a classic anymore. Mikey says the Isles. That's the East, Mikey. But uh, close enough. Derek Aubrey's chiming in here on World Honky Report says Oilers. Uh, Banuhan Moore says Edmonton Oilers performance to date. Stevenson goes with it's Colorado. JT Oilers. Uh, 
the other teams are either one-line teams or don't have enough high-end talent or lack depth at forward and D. Ironic because that sentence was used to describe the Oilers. There, they've rebuilt it. Ken Holland's done good. Goaltending, still a question mark. Don't kid yourselves. They're not set yet. I think they could be a trade. Max hops in and says the Ducks. Max is bold. He's Max Air Jordan. Come on. He's bold. I like Zegers. I like Drysdale. I like John Gibson. I don't think they're even going to make the playoffs this year. Sea uh, of Red Central says, I'd say the Blues. Ruel says Colorado. UC says Minnesota. Remy says the Oilers. Mimamoto says Colorado still. Welcome to Oil Country says Oilers. Flamin word for says St. Louis. Uh, Oilers fan says Oilers. Wow, that's a real shocker there. And uh, Nick Gazzaro. Goes with Dallas. Mr. Steelhand sends the Oilers. So I think overwhelmingly the Oilers in Dallas or uh, the Oilers in Colorado are your top two in the West. I don't think too many people are arguing that. Colorado's still got some flaws though. I don't know. I'd love to see a seven game series. I feel like these teams are very similar. Colorado probably has the edge goaltending wise. And I would say from a strictly defensive spot, the Oilers are better defensively come playoff time. Then Colorado, I think the Oilers have better depth too. We'll see if Condra even plays or if he gets suspended again. That's a conversation for another time. Quickly here, let's go back to uh, the, the the Twitter line here. Uh, who's the best team in the Eastern Conference? Harris Barnes says Florida. They're a wagon. ABG goes with Florida, so is West Coast Hockey. Mikey says the Isles. Matt says Boston right now or the Caps. Matt, what are you on? It's too early for that stuff. Boston or the Caps, the top team in the East? Nope, not happening. Uh, Barrett says Florida. Batuhan says Florida. Florida Oil as well. Shane. Shane Rice says Florida or the Rangers. The Rangers are not in the same conversation. Not at all. The Rangers can miss playoffs again this year. Let's be real, Shane. Florida, yeah, that makes sense. So is Post Cologne. Ryan says that, and Flammerwerfer goes with the Panthers as well. Don't want to say in Detroit. A little interesting. We are going to dive into that, though. Our next guest, Ryan Hanna from the Wingwheel Pod. Be sure to go check out his stuff. Let's get him on the line here right away. Let's hit up the Quack Stats hotline. Get to him. Adam Trout coming up later in the show, of course. If you want to connect anytime, join the conversation. 12-Ounce Sports Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. It's Cody Jansen. Coming to you live on Zingo TV channel 761 as well. Follow us on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. We'll come back. We'll snap it around. We will talk about Moritz Sider, Lucas Raymond, Alex Ndelkovic. Those damn Detroit Red Wings. They're not going anywhere. Although they did get hammered by Montreal, but they came back to smack around Chicago a little bit. It's World Hockey Report, and we're presented by Lord Koala Parts.
World Hockey Report is partnering with Sports Travel Tours to bring you some incredible trips to watch hockey around the world. Sports Travel Tours has been creating hockey trips and tours since 1998. They've sent customers to the Winter Olympics, World Championships, every team in the NHL, as well as the KHL in Russia. And now, for the first time, they've been appointed official tour supplier to the Spangler Cup in Switzerland. As you all know, the Spangler Cup is the world's oldest invitational hockey tournament set in the stunning mountains of Davos. It's also the best way to spend the time in between Christmas and New Year's. So, cheer on Team Canada in Davos this year with Sports Travel Tours exclusive packages. For information and to book, go to sportstraveltours.com. That's sportstraveltours.com. And sign up to get exclusive discounts and trip priority. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What we do here is go back, 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 back. World Hockey Report presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. Visit Lord Co.'s in-store truck centers at select locations. We're going to be joined by Adam Ermintrout in about 20 minutes. But now it's Ryan Hanna from Wingwheeled Podcast. Ryan, what's going on? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Oh, you know, we don't get to chat wings that much. Being up in Alberta, I'm not going to say they're irrelevant up here, but obviously they haven't had the best team in a while. So I, I can't even remember the last time I've talked wings with someone. But, man. To say that they're relevant right now is an absolute understatement. Raymond's a stud, and that's where we're going to start. I mean, he's a fourth overall pick. There was some question marks for sure. A lot of these so-called experts weren't too sold on it. Give me your breakdown of Lucas Raymond. I know you guys are high on him too. Yeah, I mean, going back to Lucas Raymond's draft, he was kind of the player that we zeroed in on at the Winged Wheel podcast. Um, he was worthy of fourth, fourth overall. Some people thought he might be in contention for third overall with Tim Stutzel, and, and that was a great pick by Ottawa, let me just say. But the reason so many people uh, within Red Wings fandom and analysts and you know idiots who talk on podcasts like me are so excited about him is because he does everything. Like, this kid does absolutely everything but if I had to pick one attribute that he's probably as close to elite elite at as possible, it's his hockey IQ. The way he thinks the game, the way he reads the game, the way he plays, you wouldn't know he's 19 years old. You'd think he's 26 and in his prime. You know, he, he just stepped out of the top line with Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi, and he's not just finishing plays, he's creating them. 
Uh, he was drafted as a high hockey IQ, plays all situations, responsible in the defensive zone, not afraid to get his nose dirty, um, playmaker with a decent shot. Well, after one year in the SHL, he thought, my shot's too weak. I don't have enough weight behind it. And here he is now leading all NHL rookies in goals. So it sounds cheap and it sounds easy, but we love Lucas Raymond because he's an all-around player and the kind of star that the Red Wings haven't had in a long time. When I say special, I think it's fair to use. So I'm not going to overreact here, but I want to know your thoughts. And, and where do you see his ceiling? Is he higher than an Elias Pettersson by now in Vancouver? Like when I compare players, I guess I would say that they're not exactly comparable, but just going one for one, do you think Raymond's going to turn out to be a better player? That's tough. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I hate player comparables because <laughs> that's how you well, get burned. But well, let's play the game. Um, is it possible? Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to measure them and, and put them on this ledger that doesn't actually exist and say who is better in the end, is it possible that he ends up better than Pedersen? Sure. Pedersen plays a premium position, and Pedersen's done more for longer so far. So uh, I wouldn't put money down so far, but that's not anything to dissuade Red Wings fans or, or fans of Lucas Raymond, I should say. Uh, that's a very, very high bar to set. I mean, if you want to measure Lucas Raymond up against people, it's crazy to even say, but measure him up against Lafreniere, Byfield, and Stutzel, the three players taken ahead of him, right? Let's see how close he gets to their production after a couple seasons. Like that That's the, the measuring stick I'm more looking for here. So on the back end, Maritz Sider, I've always been high on the kid. I, I mean, obviously, there's the, I think the whole stigma around the pick was not so much that maybe people didn't know about him, but that was just former NHLers and all these talking heads wanting to say, oh, the Dell's a bad league. The German league's bad. It's just vacation league. But no, he was a 17-year-old defenseman there tearing it up in a league full of ex-pros, ex-NHLers. And I think it was really just discredited what he was doing at that age in that league. And then he goes over the SHL and he's great. And now I think he's really got to be in Calder contention, I guess. We'll see. It's a point scheme. That's whatever all the, everyone voting at least looks at. But for Cider, are you surprised he's coming and really starting to eat these minutes? Because I think that there was a lot of talk before the season of, hey, he's going to play a big role, and not too many people are overly surprised. I, I have to come in here first and, and tell you all about the egg on my face. Um, back when Moritz Cider was drafted, here's the, the players I wanted in order based on who is realistic. I didn't think Hughes, Kako, Doc, or Byron would be there. I wanted Alex Turcott, I wanted Trevor Zegras, or I wanted Cole Caulfield. We we featured Moritz Sider in a profile, and we thought, hey, maybe things get crazy and he slips to the second round, and that's how Detroit gets him. Or they trade up into the late first, but not, you know, sixth overall. There was a lot of shock. It took one year after that of him, you know, playing in the SHL. We knew as he dominated that league against grown men, as a teenager, he dominated that league, absolutely dummied them, won SHL Defenseman of the Year. We knew that this year, there was no question he was going to make the Red Wings. And there was no question he was going to have these top-line minutes. Is it aided by the fact that the Red Wings' decor is still you know, pretty firmly in rebuild mode? Yeah, absolutely. But um, he's this many games in, six games in, already the Red Wings' best defenseman, plain and simple. I, I mean, yeah, Nick Letty's up there, but Moritz Sider's the future, even the non-believers, which we were... I don't want to say non-believers. We like the player, maybe just not at the pick at that time. Even those in our camp, no, it, it, this is paying dividends now.
So I think it was Nick Letty as well who said this was this might have been actually in the preseason one of his media availabilities. He talked about really just trusting Steve Eiserman and knowing that the manager's got a plan in place. And that's building from the back end out, in my opinion. That's getting into Delkovich, who honestly was one of the reasons Carolina had such a successful season last year. Plus, it's building from the back end out, maybe not going for a Cole Caulfield, although he could be a great scorer. Great scores aren't exactly what builds you a Stanley Cup team. You gotta have your, you know, look at how Tampa Bay's built that. That's what Stevie Y is obviously gonna try simulate something similar to that. But again, if you don't build from the back end out, there's gonna be issues. But when you watch these wings games, who's someone who's really taken that next step forward? Is it a Bertuzzi? Has he elevated his game to that next level, knowing he's gonna be, you know, in the sight of criticism for his uh vaccine choices, whatever he wants, or is there someone else who's stuck out this year? Well, I, I think you have to look at the top line. There's other candidates for this, of course, but the way Larkin has come back from uh, low production years because all of his good linemates get decimated and all of a sudden he's playing with like Luke Lendenning on the first line. And hey, I loved Glennie, but not for top line minutes. Nope. Uh, there were people questioning whether or not Larkin's one year flirting with near a point per game was a fluke. And, and here he is absolutely lighting it up with Tyler Bertuzzi. So uh, the Red Wings need their captain to be among their best players, if not their their best player. And they don't have a lot to say for center depth behind him. So whether or not he's a true number one center in the NHL, uh, that's what he is to Detroit. So that he his start to the season has been huge. And you're right, Tyler Bertuzzi. Hey, look, we gave a very honest criticism. The comments about the vaccine or, or commentary about the vaccine aside, this is a, a player who's chosen to not play in nine games for his team. And look at the difference between the Red Wings when they lost in Montreal to when Tyler Bertuzzi came back and that top line was together again and three points for Larkin, three points for Bertuzzi and four points for Raymond. Bertuzzi just missed a ton of time because of a devastating back injury and surgery. Um, had a, a rocky recovery and these are his first real games back and and it's like he'd never lost a step. So yeah, a lot of criticism, but you know, Bertuzzi has been fantastic and that's going to be really important. It's going to be really intriguing because even before the, all this, this vaccine stuff, uh, he's had now two tough negotiations with Steve Eisman as GM short-term contracts. Um, his future was kind of up in the air in Detroit long-term before this. So curious to see how that plays out as well. Ryan Hanna, my guest from the Wing Wheeled Pod. Hey, what did you think about that Larkin sucker punch? Come on, give me your breakdown. Hey, look, 100% deserved <laughs> suspension, 100% deserved match penalty. As a as a red-blooded Red Wings fan, I loved it. That was all-time Red Wings hockey. <laughs> it's it's like the caveman in me is saying it, but no, you, you got to love that. He had to stand up for himself eventually. I think if it was a three-game suspension, I'd still say it was worth it. So I think he got a discount. DMAC would approve, that's for sure. Also, I, I, do you see the video of Maritz? I, I know you have. I don't know why you even asked. I, the cider uh, dangling around Hedman at the end of the period. Did you see that one? Oh, dude. That, the amount of swagger that that kid has <sighs> to take it from multiple sta time Stanley Cup champion, Norris winner, Victor Hedman, and <laughs> steal a puck and troll him in, your, in his first NHL game. I, you got to love that kid. He, like Fan favorite day one, no questions asked. So when you also look at this team, and this is from a pure goaltending perspective with Grayson Nedeljkovic, does it almost give you Islander vibes where, and I know a 1A, 1B tandem never works in the playoffs. That's very rarely. I mean, let's talk once every 20 years. That tandem actually goes far. But just for consistency in the regular season with a young team, do you think that having that tandem in goal is going to give them a shot at 
maybe the playoffs this year. Is that crazy to say? Because honestly, no one else has over exceeded expectations. And so there is a chance that, you know, if they just keep playing how they're going right now, they could actually be looking at a wild card spot. Here's the thing. I think you're right that the the 1A, 1B is going to be beneficial for them for two reasons. First of all, this still isn't an easy defense to play behind. So it doesn't matter how good the goalie is. They usually have to pull off some heroics to steal a win a lot of nights. Um, Grice had a pretty terrible start to last year. Pretty terrible first half, if not two-thirds of the season. Bernier went down with injury, and all of a sudden he was lights out. Uh, and, you know, Nadelkovic is coming from a pretty advantageous situation in, in Carolina. There's no Jacob Slavin in Detroit. So I think the 1A, 1B and just play whoever's hot is good because it gives Ned time to get accustomed and it gives Grice his reps and keeps him, you know, the guy's a pro. Um, and, and I'm happy to have seen him come through and not just kind of falter. As for playoffs, hey, man, it's been a long time since I've covered a Red Wings playoff run. The teams they're beating, they should beat. And I, I think they should beat Columbus. They should beat the Chicago's, who are you know absolutely terrible to start the year. But the fact of the matter is they're still giving up six goals to Tampa Bay, and, and they have a lot of tough schedules still to come. So, you know, let's talk again in, in a month or two when they've had they've gone through a tougher run of hockey. Um, I'm not putting money on playoffs, but I will say they're probably going to be further out of the bottom of the basement than people give them credit for. How many years into this rebuild or how many more years of rebuild are you going to give Steve Eiserman before you guys start kicking him out of town? Like if all of a sudden we're talking three, man, I know it's a funny question, but it's also an honest one. If we're talking three years down the road or four years down the road and this team isn't a contender, is he going to get the Peter Shirelli treatment? You know, like when, when do Red Wings fans say they have enough? You're in the market more than I am. I want to know. Before the year, I would have said he has probably another three seasons. And that that seems like an insanely long time. But, hey, like things looked bleak, man, like really, really bleak. Yep. Now that we see how Lucas Raymond has pushed that timeline up and, you know, it's six games in. Anything can change. Uh, but Raymond and Sider seem to have not missed a step to say the very least. Um, I'd want playoffs within three years. I, I would expect that two years from now, they're probably starting to seriously push. These next couple of drafts are going to dictate a lot, right? And not only that, can Simon Edmondson come over next season? Um, if he can't, that's okay, right? Like not everyone's going to be more outsider. He's he's a pretty special and unique prospect. But if Simon Edmondson can come over, be a, a top four, even maybe top pairing left uh, left shot defenseman, top four to be, to be realistic, I would want them to be pushing for playoffs within two seasons. And via a, not a playoff lock, but that's a fair expectation within three. Um, there's still a lot of holes, right? Like there's no expectations and a, and a ton of fun for Red Wings fans, but fans of better teams, like, you know, you're out in Alberta, Flames fans will know this, Edmonton fans will know this. It's easy to get the good players. It's hard to have the good team. And that's the next step. So you're going to see the Red Wings do a lot of things where you're like, that's not the talent level they were playing with a game ago or two games ago. And, and that's just part about, building chemistry, building systems. Is it the right coach in place? Um, you know, what's going to happen on the left side of the defense? They need a real, they need another top two center, plain and simple. So, uh, so Jack it, it Eichel is what long. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they want to give them up cheap, yeah, why not? <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. But then you got to start losing the damn game. And as, there's the thing. How do you, uh, how do you convince players to lose when they're all really good at hockey? I, I'm, 
I went through enough. We've gone through enough years of this rebuild on, on the Winged Wheel podcast where we're not going to cheer for losses or, or be upset when they win. That's ridiculous. You know, Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider are out there winning games for you. Alex Ndelkovic is diving across the crease, batting the puck out of the air. You got, you have to love that. And if that means you get the 12th pick instead of the 8th, who gives a shit? So Sorry, what the, I don't know if I can Oh, yeah. What the hell is going on with Chicago? I mean, you guys just beat the brakes off at you guys as if you're playing on the team. So the Wings go, they beat the brakes off the Blackhawks here. I mean, are, are they that trash? I haven't watched a full Blackhawks game this year. I'm not going to watch a full Blackhawks game either. I don't care to. It's the Chicago Blackhawks. But are they that bad or what? Beating the Chicago Blackhawks is one of the oldest traditions that the Red Wings have. They're a weird team. I, I, I don't really understand the moves that they made in the offseason. Outside of all the other controversy that they had, like, that team's got a lot of holes. They they just paid a lot of money for Seth Jones, um, which hasn't even kicked in yet. And he just had a career worst year or, or stretch of hockey, at least, over in Columbus. I think that's a team that didn't know their identity um, want it to be something that they're not. And you see it time and time again in the NHL. And the pandemic's only exacerbated it. The the teams don't want to accept that they maybe have to rebuild or retool or whatever it might be. And they just try to push and they mortgage futures to bring in talent now. And it doesn't always work. Uh, there's an Anaheim Ducks team from forever ago where, uh, or maybe it was Colorado Avalanche, sorry, where they just brought in a ton of stars. And this was years ago. And they brought in all these players and they had expectations through the roof and it just didn't work because you can't just stick a hodgepodge of guys together if the coaching situation is not working, if you've lost the room, if you know you have a brand new goalie in a new system. I think there's a lot of flashy parts to Chicago. I think that thing is trending downwards, was trending downwards no matter what they did in the offseason. Yeah. I'm shocked at how bad the start is. I mean, the Red Wings are fun and they can score this year, but you should not get the brakes beaten off of you by the Red Wings that badly with the talent that you have, I would be, I would feel bad as a Chicago fan right now. They won their cups. So it is what it is, but it's not a great outlook. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not too worried about the Seth Jones one. I get it. He's had some tough times. I also think that, you know, five years down the road, if they rebuild properly, if they build around Kirby doc, Brandon Hagel, they've got some good players as well that, Maybe we're not too worried about the first few years of the contracts. I still think Seth Jones has another level to get to. Like, I don't think he's at peak Seth Jones yet. Bringing in Flurry, we'll see how many more years you actually get out of him. But that's fair. It's a decent breakdown. And uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the last one I got to ask you about. I mean, this is this is another Eastern team. They're kind of nearby or Detroit. So you're in the vicinity there. What do they do? This is a team that's built from the front end back. You can't win cups like that. There's no hope. For this team, in my opinion, give me your breakdown of them. If you're going to be a team with the amount of cap dedicated to these players, the amount of real dollars going to these players, and like you said, they have a very specific roster construction where the defense isn't always what's benefiting them everyone's heads have to be on straight and it has to be a flawless system. We've seen teams like the New York Islanders well overperform what their expectations were. And I think Barry Trotz is a big part of that. Am I calling Sheldon Keefe a bad coach? No, but right now they, it looks like they're trying everything under the sun. It's always destined to fail. I don't know what it is. It's something in the water in Toronto. It's an insanely tough market to play in. They have completely broken Mitch Marner for the time being. And he's too talented of a player to be playing like this, plain and simple. Forget the money, forget the cap. They got to figure Mitch Marner out. And I think that's where this all starts and ends. Austin Matthews is coming off for a surgery. He'll be fine. He's 
going to go down as probably the best goal scorer of his generation, or at least among them. They, they paid the money. You know, Dubas is is getting up to the amount of years where you're like, okay, this this should have come through. I agree with their decision to not blow everything up, but another year like this, and I think Sheldon Keefe, well, I mean, he just got extended or whatever. It was yeah, that's his severance right package. Thing. He ain't making it through this season yeah. as far as I'm concerned. That's, that's his buddy giving him a handout saying, hey, you know, we're probably going to can you, but uh, at least you can enjoy the next two years on your couch. Yeah. I mean, it's a story we've seen before, though, in hockey where teams have their window, they have their window, and then they miss it. And you're like, ah. And then all of a sudden they come back and win the cup. You know, St. Louis did that. Washington did that. Rebuilds never go perfectly, and and cup windows never go like we put it down on paper. So I, I'm still of the mind that you don't blow it up in Toronto, but they got to start trying something different, and they got to get in the human human element of the game. You know, people think that Kyle Dubas is a purely numbers guy, and he's not a hockey dude. Uh, he's a rink rat. Kyle Dubas grew up in hockey rinks just like the rest of us. He just knows the benefit of analytics. But I think this goes beyond that. You need to figure out Mitch Marner's head. You need to figure out whatever combination of coach lines defense that you that you can get and you need to find a situation like Barry Trotz has had where you can cut through the shit and and perform as a, a greater than some of your parts well they're gonna lose their top defenseman Morgan Riley this offseason and they still don't have a number one goaltender as far as I'm concerned so I don't see the future as bright as you do but Ryan Hanna is my guest from the wing-wheeled pod Ryan I mean you guys don't drop pods on certain days correct you guys just drop them a little sporadically right we do every Sunday, and then we do either Wednesday or Thursday, depending on uh, when the wings play and then when we can schedule us three meatheads together. Okay, you guys are just – it's just podcasts only. You guys got some live streams and stuff going too. Like, plug your work here. Yeah, no, definitely. You can find us wherever you find podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever you you use, search Winged Wheel Podcast. Um, we're also – we post every episode on YouTube. We're going to start doing more uh, separate videos as well. And then we do the occasional live stream, our, our draft live stream, our lottery live stream, and we're going to be live streaming during some games this year as well. So, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to pump the uh, to pump the show. Love it, Matt. No, you guys are doing awesome stuff there. When when I think of Detroit hockey media and, you know, media that keeps it real, you guys have always been a great follow on Twitter and stuff. So glad we're able to connect. And, hey, maybe maybe we'll talk again when uh, the Wings are making the playoffs and before they get knocked out by probably the Isles so my Oilers uh, Stanley <laughs> Cup comes true. All right, buddy. Thank you so much, though. Take care. I appreciate it. Let's do this again soon. And I remember Choats next. It's World Hockey Report coming to you live on 12 Ounce Sports. <laughs> World Hockey Report is partnering with Sports Travel Tours to bring you some incredible trips to watch hockey around the world. Sports Travel Tours has been creating hockey trips and tours since 1998. They've sent customers to the Winter Olympics, World Championships, every team in the NHL, as well as the KHL in Russia. And now, for the first time, they've been appointed official tour supplier to the Spangler Cup in Switzerland. As you all know, the Spangler Cup is the world's oldest invitational hockey tournament set in the stunning mountains of Davos. It's also the best way to spend the time in between Christmas and New Year's. So, cheer on Team Canada in Davos this year with Sports Travel Tours exclusive packages. For information and to book, go to sportstraveltours.com. That's sportstraveltours.com and sign up to get exclusive discounts and trip priority.
NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What we do here is go back, 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 back. It's World Hockey Report. Cody Jansen with you. We are presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. Find a store near you at lordco.com. Huge thanks to Ryan from Wing Wheeled Pod from hopping on earlier. Now we bring on Adam Ehrmantraut and the pride of Imperial Saskatchewan. Connor Ingram, friend of the show, World Hockey Report alum, as you put it, picks up his first win. I'm assuming you caught most of the game or at least the highlights. How cool was that for you? I mean, you know, you, you grew up with Ings as well. I got to skate with him when, you know, we were growing up together in Saskatoon. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, well, I caught the whole thing. Me and a, a couple of our buddies and, and his brother actually went to Boston Pete's and got them to, to throw on the game for us. So, no free yeah, hands. I mean. I, well, people probably walked in there expecting to see football and know there's a, a Nashville, Minnesota game on. But no, super cool. I mean, and he played really well, too. I think that's that's obviously huge. He he played really well, beat a undefeated Minnesota team. And, you know, just super happy for him, just everything he's been through in the last year. Obviously, you saw his tweet about um, how nine months ago he had entered the uh, NHLPA program. And, you know, nine months to the day, exactly, he gets his first NHL win. So... Super happy for him. He's he's been through just about everything he could go through, and you know, for him this summer, he moves to Nashville at the start of July. You know, leaves pretty much you know hockey players in their summer. You know how that goes, but you know, he he realized he had to go back to Nashville, and he had a hell of a training camp, and sure enough, gets his first start, and you know, just really happy for him. So we've talked about it before, how he is you know one of the most NHL ready you know, prospects that was kicking around in the minor leagues or whatever. Obviously, it takes him a little longer to get up there. But again, he got help. He got himself prepared. Now, with the situation in Nashville, obviously, I would still assume Saros is their guy. But you watched, I mean, you've seen a little bit more of them probably than I have. But I mean, I think this kind of got to solidify, hey, he needs a legit shot as a backup here, whether it's in Nashville or somewhere else, because this kid's ready. Yeah, I mean, I think there's no question he can play, and I think there's no question he's been able to play for about three years now. If you go back to the minors where he's in Milwaukee, he has like a 930-something save percentage, and you know, I think he lost the goalie of the year to Kakadin, who, who he out-dueled yesterday. So, yeah, definitely ready. I, I think from Nashville's point of view, they, they want him to play 65 games and just ride him hard in the AHL, which 
I mean, it's fair, but at the same time, he, he's definitely showing he's ready with the preseason he's had with the game he had yesterday. And, you know, obviously ready to be a backup. And obviously this puts him on, on the grid, whether it's a, a chance in Nashville or if it's a chance somewhere else. What did you think of Kaprizov last night? I've seen Minnesota fans being a, a little harsh on him, especially after signing that superstar ticket. Yeah, I mean, him and him and Fiala, they both kind of got tickets. Like Fiala went, I think, up to $5 million or so. And, you know, I, I kind of said it to my buddies who were watching the game, and, you know, they'll, they'll make a couple good moves, you know, beat a couple guys, and then they'll throw a pizza up the middle and just make a whole play once they run out of time and space. So... You know, they could beat the first guy, probably beat the second guy, and then the third guy comes and they just they just throw a blind pass and had a bad turnover. So, you know, you can definitely see like the types of players they are, but at the same time, I mean, they're they're trying to do a lot themselves and but for Minnesota, I mean they're they're a good team, obviously, but they got I think Freddie Gaudreau was their second line center and he was in the AHL the last two out of three years or so. So I mean for them it's good, but you know, they're once again, they're for depth. You know, we've talked about it for how long they, they don't have any centermen to play with these guys. And I think those guys kind of are trying to take it upon themselves to do it themselves. But the NHL is a pretty good league. So switching over to the Chicago Blackhawks, what's wrong there? I mean, they were kind of everyone's dark horse team this season and they flat out sucked. There has been nothing positive to talk about with the Chicago Blackhawks this year. Do you actually think it's Colleton? Is it that it's simple as, you know, swapping him out with someone else? Or is this team really just done? Um, no, I, I mean, I, I don't think Colleton's done himself any favors with, with what he said. And, you know, obviously there's that clip the other day of him giving the players the whiteboard. So <laughs> I think that's blown out of proportion, but at the same time, it's something. Um I don't think he's all the blame. Like you look at Chicago and Jonathan Taves came back good for him. He's making ten and a half million dollars, and you know you're not getting the pr- production out of him as you need to. And for them, everybody was hyping them up because they got Seth Jones and you know Taves was coming back and Tyler Johnson. But you look at their roster, and I mean Brandon Hagel's a he's going to be a good player, but I think he's played fifty NHL games at this point and. You know, Dylan Strom's on the trade block. Henrik Borgstrom hasn't proven anything. Adam Gaudet got traded for pretty much nothing. Like, he got traded for, uh, I forget the guy's name of Vancouver, but yeah. And then, you know, their fourth line, Philip Kurashev, Ryan Carpenter, and Reese Johnson. Like, they they don't have the production that, you know, you'd expect the Hawks to have. And obviously, Kane's out right now, and Seth Jones hasn't played well, but you know, I, I just don't think their forward depth is anywhere good enough. And I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible how they just haven't led at all this year in six games. Like it seems almost impossible. They're struggling so bad. And a team like the wings are just hot out of nowhere. Now we, we talked about Lucas Raymond before, and I believe you were pretty high on him around draft time. Are, are you shocked to see their success? Because Maritz Sider's looking like an absolute stud. I mean, Raymond's been fantastic. Tyler Bertuzzi, scumbag, but he's looking good out there. Nadelkovich has been, I mean, it's still insane. Carolina got rid of him, but hey, shout out to Freddie Anderson, who's looking good for the Canes this season. What's your thoughts on the Wings? Are they legit? Are they pretenders right now? No, not legit. And it's not like they're like they're world beaters right now, right? Like they're... I think for them, it's okay. Let's see what our young guys can do. And right now, you know, they're three, two, and one. Um, I guess they're only their overtime loss was to Tampa. So, yeah. But I think it's how the young guys do. And Lucas Raymond, obviously, the hat trick against Chicago. He's been great. 
Moritz Sider, five assists in six games. And don't forget, they're getting a little bit ripped for that pick just because, you know, he was kind of ranked 15th. They took him at six, but he went to Sweden. He absolutely lit it up. I think he was D-man of the year or something. He lights guys up. He's a good two-way defenseman. And, yeah, Thomas Grice has been really good too. I, I don't think you can discount him. But, no, for Detroit, I mean, you know, if they – I don't think they're they're obviously not in the Shane Wright conversation, but you know if they can play meaningful games February March, you know, uh, I think they'll tail off eventually. But if they can play games and stay close in games and have their kids develop, I think that's all you can really ask from them. And here's my issue with the whole everyone ripping on the Moritz Sider pick, and we said it at the same time too was oh he's playing in the Dell, and so you got former NHLers ripping on the Dell, talking about how it's just a beer league and stuff. He was still 17 years old as one of the top defensemen playing in a very elite professional hockey league. So I I just don't understand where everyone was so low on him. Obviously, his name wasn't out there big, but the amount of hate that one got. And then, yeah, he goes over to Sweden and he's absolute nasty. Sticking in the Eastern Conference, though. The Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, Sheldon Keefe's time has come, right? Like, it's it's kind of, hey, this experiment's over. You already got your severance package with a new discount from your buddy. Like, it, do you just move on from them? Is there someone better available right now? Or is this Leafs core, again, as we've talked about, not ready to win? Not in the position to win. Again, you build a team from the front end back, not the back end out. That's not how cup-winning teams are built. No, I mean, you can't. They just extended him, right? So that's kind of the... Well, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's his severance package. It's kind of like, okay, here's your extension and you're gone. Yeah, I mean, for the Leafs, you look at them and you say back, they're not building from the back and out. I mean, so Jake Muzzin's hurt right now. Justin Hall has not played well and he's their number four defenseman. I mean... And up up front, I called it a week ago. I said, Nick Ritchie's going to get cut. Sure enough, he's on the fourth line today. So, (laughs) I mean... And they got bunting on the first line. They split up Matthews and Marner. Um, I was listening to Friedman's podcast today, and he was kind of saying, you know, the whole Amazon thing's all, like clearly hope, holding over their head with Marner and stuff. And Marner's just been bad. And, I mean, he's got no confidence. I feel bad for the guy at this point, right? Like, there's – it's not like he's saying the the right things either. He's saying, like, yeah, we'll figure it out. But it's, it's five years of the same stuff now. And once again, I mean, we just talked about Jonathan Taves in Chicago. I mean – John Tavares could wasn't really holding his own weight. You know, Matthews goes out. You're like, okay, we got a $11 million second-line center, and sure enough, he hasn't played well. And now they got David Camp on their third line, who I don't even think he scored last year. And, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. And, obviously, there's clips coming out where against Boston, I think it would have been game four, game six a couple of years ago where Marner blocks back-to-back shots. You know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, Babcock's right. So, I mean... The University of Saskatchewan Huskies coach Mike Babcock's getting quite a bit of credit now. So, yeah, I mean, for the Leafs there, Zach Hyman was, like, clearly the heartbeat of their team. He leaves, and, I mean, I just, yeah, I don't really know what to think. Okay, and and this is another issue with the league. I don't think I got your thoughts on this last week, but they were in cap problems, right? And they had to call up or sign that U-Sports Tendy. Like what is that a bad look on the league in your opinion? Because I think so. I think if there's no wiggle room at all, doesn't matter if if they go over by a million bucks, charge them ten times that and put it towards player escrow or something like that. Like you gotta make it outrageous so that it does deter yeah. teams. But man, you can't have a U Sports kid backing up in a legitimate NHL game. It's getting outrageous here. Well, in what other league do you see like 
like in the NFL, you don't see them be like, oh, we're, we need a third quarterback for today. We're going to sign this guy who works the shoeless Joes down the street. Like it's it's embarrassing for the league that and, you know, no disrespect to David Ayers or this Bishop guy from the University of Toronto. But these guys shouldn't be on NHL benches or anywhere near the NHL. They're playing in U sports and driving Zambonis. I mean, uh, it's so ridiculous. And you don't you don't see it like I mean, and it happened with Vegas last year where they were, I think, short a, a player or two. But. You don't see it with forwards where a guy playing U sports has to sit on the bench the whole game either. So I think it's ridiculous. Um, I know Mike McKenna's kind of beaten this drum where you you have a third goalie, you know, maybe it's a a five year U sports guy who is good or like you have a third goalie who makes two hundred grand a year and just practices and fills in when he can, you know, he counts two hundred grand against the cap. I mean, I think that would help, but also for the for the league, I just yeah, I don't understand how they had to wait till Monday to do it. Um, you don't see it in any other league where this guy who's off the streets like yeah, I got a dress, but sure enough, in like and if he gets hurt too, a guy playing U Sports who has like a nine hundred save percentage is going to play like it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's David Ayers almost all over again, and those situations don't happen too much. I mean, I love the whole Scott Foster story, all that stuff. Sure, that's heartfelt, but I mean, this is the best hockey it's league in the cool world. It's a story, but it's a joke. It's the best league in the world. That should happen once every 10 or 20 years, not once a year. That's the issue. I just don't think it should happen at all, honestly. Okay, now let's let's put aside the fact of Chicago has been terrible, the Leafs have been terrible. Is Vegas the third most disappointing team this season? Because they have been underwhelmingly poor. I don't even know if that makes sense at this point. But we kind of predicted it. Like you can't be making the excuse of oh, our two best forwards are out, and that's why we're losing every hockey game. Everyone goes through injuries. It's going to happen. But Vegas has been terrible this year. Yeah, they've been also awful, and you look at their team, and yeah, William Carlson, two points in five games. Evgeny Dadnoff, one assist in five games. Jonathan Marshall, one goal. Shea Theodore, one point. Nolan Patrick, one point. Um, Yeah, it's like I don't really understand how people really thought. Like, and look, Mark Stone and Patch Reddy, were, they were playing good in the two games they played, but there's no way you should lose two guys who are, what's Patch Reddy, 32? Yeah. There's no way you should lose two forwards and all of a sudden forget how to play hockey. And exactly. I mean, we've talked about it all the time. William Carlson was pretty bad last year, and sure enough, he can't carry his own load. And Jonathan Marchessault and Riley Smith hasn't scored yet. Like, there's so many holes in this lineup. And, you know, Robin Leonard's actually played quite well. I mean, I'm not going to discount how he's played at all, but they signed Laurent Brassois. He can barely even hold his own in, in the 20 minutes he played. So, yeah, it's... I mean, we projected it. I didn't think they'd be one and four to start the season, but yeah. And yeah, I don't really, really get that. And the crazy thing is four of their five games have come at home. Yeah, no, that's, and again, their home atmosphere sucked though. Like I was watching the Oiler game there. It was not the same. I'm not ripping on Vegas fans. I'm just saying it wasn't what it has been in the past. So does that play a part of it? Maybe, but again, you got to stop making excuses at some point in time and you can't be a one in four hockey team or whatever they are. I got two more quick ones for you. And it's both teams in Alberta here. You know, we, we talked with Elliot last week. I know you listen to his shows and stuff as well. There's a lot of smoke around the flames in Eichel. Do you actually think, are you getting a little bit more convinced that Trey Living might pull the trigger here? Or do you think this is all just 
nonsense ramble to keep the Eichel conversation alive. Um, well, I mean, the fit makes perfect sense. And Sean Monaghan's basically playing on their fourth line at this point. I'm not sure the no move protection he has, but if you're Buffalo, I'm not really sure what you'd want from Calgary. Like, would you want Connor Zary or Jacob Pelche? Eh. Would you want draft picks? Yeah. But like, you got to do those draft, like you got to turn those draft picks into players and it's tough. Like, you know, obviously there's fits with Anaheim and LA, but if you're Anaheim, are you trading Jamie Drysdale or Trevor Zegers for no. a guy who's not going to... Yeah, exactly. That's so, so that's, We're way past that point. Yeah, so I think Buffalo's ran themselves into a bit of a bit of a hole here, and there's Minnesota talk. Well, Minnesota has $15 million in dead cap space for the next, like, 10 years, so I don't I don't get it. I mean, for Calgary's sake, I, I hope they're able to pull the, t- the trigger, but once again, if you're Buffalo, you're, you're not starting that conversation without asking for Matthew Kachuk or Elias Lindholm, and is that happening? Probably not. I don't think the Flames would do that deal, not because, you know, if Eichel's 100% healthy, I say, yes, I would trade Lindholm in a first for him. I mean, Lindholm's been great, but Eichel's clearly the better player. But, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see Calgary do it, but it's just you're asking them a lot. You're asking for a lot from Calgary, and it's like four first-round picks, sure, but you got to turn that into something. Now, uh, we talked about with John Shannon last week as well. And for the Oilers, how long would Mike Smith have to miss or or how many games would he have to miss for you to consider bringing in someone as soon as possible? As you know, this is a team that's in win now mode. And if they can't keep Mike Smith healthy, if he can't stay healthy for the season, they got to do something, right? You can't just roll with Skinner and Koskinen and hope that Smitty's healthy come playoff time or come meaningful games. Yeah, and this isn't like a discredit to Mike Smith, but he's 39. I don't care if he's in the best shape of anybody's life. He's he's 39 years old. So if he if he gets hurt again, I think, and if it's for a couple of weeks, I think you got to look at something. And you know, last year Koskinen, I think Koskinen got a lot of shit last year that that wasn't really warranted. I mean, in the first, he played the first 11 games of the season without a break. I, I mean, I don't really know what you can expect from from him at that point. And Edmonton was, I think, less than 500 last year just because they didn't have any other goalie or any other juice to put in the lineup. So, I mean, it, for, for Smith, yeah, he's he played really well in the games he's played. Um, obviously, you hope that he doesn't get hurt again, but it's not like you can really bank on that not happening. So, yeah, eventually, I mean, something's got to give here where you, you get, get yourself a third goalie because I'm not sure that the organization really wants Stuart Skinner there yet. So, yeah. Erm, appreciate you stopping by. Thank you. Adam Urban Trout right there from World Hockey Report. Does some of the podcasts. You know, he's our regular contributor. And everyone knows we're presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts, the official auto parts retailer of Hockey Canada and Team Canada as well. Sports travel tours. Don't forget about them. My favorite hockey turn of the year is the Spangler Cup. And while we're like two months away, Two months away from the Spangler Cup. Are you kidding me? The great people at Sports Travel Tours, they want you to experience it as well. Check out all the available ticket packages at sportstraveltours.com. Coming to you live from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios in beautiful Alberta. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter at Janner31 underscore and the show at World Hockey RPT. We're going to be back tomorrow. Huge thanks, as always, to our social media manager, Eric Krause. The lead producer of this show is Bryce Buns. I'm Cody Jansen. We'll talk to you tomorrow, same time, same place.